Hey, CLC family, Christian here with Bob. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, we're so glad you're tuning in, or maybe you are tuning in later uh, in the week, uh, maybe on a drive to work or on your way home, whatever the case. Thanks for being here. Um, this is our Sermon Q&A podcast, where every Tuesday at noon, we kind of connect with you guys via uh, this medium uh, to answer any questions that were submitted about the sermon. This is your chance to kind of really push back and press in and even disagree sometimes. Like, that's welcome. We love the conversation and want to create that space. And so uh, you can always go on CLC Family, the website, uh, slash sermon to submit your questions. There's a form there. Um, but yeah, kind of a space for dialogue, ideally, hopefully, in the best way that we can virtually. I don't think change happens unless we process so we can dialogue. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. Um, you know, if we just listen to monologue, it's really, it's something we got to take apart. Uh, between us and God friends. That's why we have sermon discussion groups and all that. So this is meant to be an extension of that and a way also to just make that even another on-ramp. So Yeah, and so the format is uh, for two minutes, we have this fancy-dancy kitchen timer. Uh, For two minutes, Bob will recap the sermon. Then for seven minutes, we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of the points, maybe make some observations. Maybe Bob will share things that he didn't have the time to share on Sunday. And then we will spend the last eight minutes I kind of wrestling with some questions about it, um, digging a little deeper. So, you ready to jump in? Uh, sure. All Sounds right. good. I'm going to start the clock. You got, uh, I always forget how to start this thing. You have two minutes starting two minutes. right now. Great. Okay, one simple command, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the context of the new, putting on the new you, which is being renewed in the image of Jesus. And we can't do it in our own strength. And we also need constant replenishment and constant maintenance. So keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit is the single and only command in this uh, passage. And then it tells us three ways that I think we access that fullness of the Spirit or we show that we are Spirit-filled. Both of them actually are true. So the three ways are one by singing, uh, making melody in our hearts to the Lord with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, spirit-inspired music to help us get on board with that, Mm -hmm. corporate worship. We focused a lot on that in the sermon. Uh, The other two are giving thanks in all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being kind of filled with this sense of gratitude at the person of Jesus uh, and and constantly even uttering that, Mm -hmm. uh, but mainly a state of heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then um, it makes you defer. to the Lord, but also then to other people who the Lord is leading. So it's submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So he says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a central command. And then he says, by singing to one another, by giving thanks for all things, by submitting one to another um, out of reverence for Christ. And that really is the sense of the, of the whole passage. And we focused on our need to be awakened, uh, revived, uh, sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit and a Holy Spirit revival really is a time when either personally in our hearts or in a widespread way normally revivals understood where there's a a powerful um, realignment with the Lordship of Christ and it affects Christian people first and the church is beautified and that's what we talked about. I appreciate that. That was good. Um, now uh, we'll kind of jump into seven minutes of kind of talking a bit uh, more at length. Um, I actually have a question to start this portion, and awesome. then uh, and then I'll ask my typical question of, "Hey, share what you didn't share on Sunday." Um, 
You mentioned the Asbury Revival. Do you want to kind of talk about this passage in light of kind of what we've seen uh, in Kentucky, Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, and, and how maybe we've seen these three elements of singing, thanksgiving, and then submitting uh, to one another out of reverence for Christ? If you want to go into more detail there, I know you referenced it on Sunday and showed some videos too. Yeah, it was, it was exciting to look at those videos together. That's one of those things you get by being live together. I think it was just kind of... It stirred hearts. I mean, I was encouraged. I saw tears in people's eyes. I heard, you know, just like, yeah, Lord, do it here. Like, yeah, uh, yeah we have a hunger for that. So, um, yeah, looking at revival is, um, I don't know, it's probably too early to call like what happened in Wilmer, like revival, sure. because usually that has a, um, it's transcends and, and stays and yeah. has lasting, lasting fruit, right? Yeah. And you can't see the fruit yet. Sure. But it certainly was a kind of window of heaven and an awakening. When you have college students return and pack out a chapel mm. for just simply drawing together and giving worship and prayer and praise to Christ and people falling on their knees, confessing sins, and people laying their hands on each other's shoulders yeah. to pray for each other. So definitely, you know, we saw and the media reported a lot of film clips about the singing and the worship. But yeah. also, I think there was this sense of awe and people describe it as just a gentle place of being ministered to yeah. at, with awe and thanksgiving. You just felt the uplift of that event. Yeah. The other piece I thought was really powerful was the stewarding this, of this event, that it was not with flashy programs and there was a sense of really wanting to defer to the work of the Holy Spirit and honor and house what God was doing. So there was just, there was a little bit of guidance saying, yep, we're not going to hand the mic to just anybody, you know, so students would come to someone uh, who was controlling kind of the preparation room. Yeah. I think a, a scholar named Craig Keener is on faculty at the seminary and he formed like this, this holy preparation process where they wanted to make sure that they did not hand the revival over to people who wanted to stamp their own brand on it. Yeah. Uh, which happens even in the Bible. Like oh, yeah. Simon the sorcerer saw that the apostles were having a big impact and he's like, I want some of that. Yeah. So in the name of actual sorcery, mm. he wanted to kind of hijack the movement. And they knew that would happen. Yeah. And it did. Uh, there were people uh, who came from mainly the outside who wanted to hijack it. And they just were very careful to say like no that's not what this is yeah someone wanted to hijack it for politics someone wanted to hijack it for this is my ministry brand this is my praise music brand whatever um sometimes more uh offensively and other times just kind of innocently like i want to be sure. part of what god is doing right yeah. but either way they said no yeah um and so they would ask they'd, so someone would say i i feel prompted to lead a song and they'd say what song uh or i feel prompted to share a message fine what message and they were free to sometimes say that's not what this is about. Yeah. Um, so that message, a nice way to say it sometimes is that message may be what the Lord has laid on your heart, but that is no, no. not what we think God is doing here. So yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. If we ever do that at the CLC, like imagine like we would have that situation, Yeah. yeah. you know, and there would have to be that gracious submitting to leadership and yet hosting what God was doing. I mean, yeah. I'd love for that problem to happen. Right? Oh, yeah. And the fact that they responded um, so well with such like, this wasn't on the calendar, right? It just sporadically came about very organically and wonderfully. And they still responded with such grace and uh, discernment. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can tell. I mean, usually our churches within, you know, 
traditional suburban white evangelicalism. We don't really need the verse that says, let all things be done decently in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already in order. Yeah. We're already, we're not having people come to the platform and the stage and ask for the microphone and say, yeah. I have a burden from the Lord to share, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, imagine if we pronounce a benediction at CLC in a worship service and people refuse to leave. Yeah. And they just came up and were kneeling and praying for each other and gathering in groups and somebody started singing spontaneously and you know you got to have somebody give some traffic control direction mm-hmm. to it but you don't want to smother it yeah and i i love that that was evidenced so wisely yeah i think we can all give thanks for the leadership at asbury university that yeah. they they deferred to the students too and they were like yeah god moved through you we're going to defer to you, but we're going to give you a little bit of guidance yeah. so that it stays on track. And it really yeah. did. Yeah, it did for days uh, and days and days and weeks. <laughs> and and 20,000 people. Come, and then they decided, hey, this is becoming a, a thing on its own where we are still a university. So we're going to house it a little differently, but hope mm-hmm. it spreads. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard it is spreading. Yeah. And other churches, universities and stuff. Really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was very um, uh, cool that you mentioned that especially as we talk about the Holy Spirit. So as you kind of reflect on last Sunday, what is something that, you know, and I ask this question every week, what's something that you wish you kind of went into more detail or if you could add clarity or add any more kind of substance to something that you said? Is there something that you wish you said on Sunday that you'd like to kind of add uh, add more to? Yeah. Um, encouraging the work of the Holy Spirit. There are two ways this work often blows up. One yeah. is by the critics who, and, and there's some bad theology that has come into certain sections of the church that I think are, are very doctrinally minded, mm-hmm. but they're almost kind of like, hey, you have the Holy Spirit when you're converted, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, there's no, there's almost an anti-experiential aspect to it. Yeah. You know, that, hey, you've got sound doctrine, or you, you know, are reforming your life according to the letter of scripture, that's all you need. Yeah. Um, so that will really, um, stunt a revival or make it virtually impossible because people are not open to it. They're closed off, right? Um, So I talked about that a little bit in the sermon. Um, This fellow Lloyd-Jones, Martin Lloyd-Jones, was a real student and and brought a lot of revival with him in the 1900s. He ministered from 1939 to 1981, really, uh, as probably one of the finest preachers of the 1900s. and he had a real passion for revival, right? But he confronted that among a lot of, um, let's call them, you know, Bible-grounded, you know, Christ-centered people. Yeah. They were just not open to revival. And he often confronted that. Um, mm. They kind of said, I ha- we have enough of the Spirit. In our own day, the pr- a problem is often people get, uh, they want to womp it up. And they sensationalize it. And they make it about the brand of, yeah. of kind of emotional enthusiasm. And that yeah. turns off for a right reason, a sure. lot of people. It turns me off when yeah. I see this has become something people are whomping up or yeah. it gets attached to, you know, some movement. God forbid, like the politics and yeah. revival mix. Because when you mix politics and revival, you know what you get? What was that? You get politics. Yeah. That's yeah. all. It always wins. Every it time. always yeah. wins. Yeah. And it wipes out everything else. Yeah, so, um yeah, I think that just just developing that, but and to be sensitive, like oh, wow, we want God to have His way with His church. Yeah, yeah, know? that's good. I think it's cool to see these things because I was thinking we've not seen something much like what happened in Wilmore in quite some time, and I'd say this is the first time in my memory uh, that it's happened during the age and era of the smartphone, where it can kind of you know everyone's seeing this; it's yeah. much more visible, and so. Um, 
just some observations about that, but really interesting thing to happen. So we'll see kind of what comes from it. So you're you were Gen Z. This is this is Gen Z. Technically a millennial. I just made the. Are cut. you yeah. are you just right I on I just that. made the cut. Yeah, so okay. I'm a millennial. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're ministering yeah. to so many. Very also. close to so many, of course, and not yeah, almost in the fold. But yeah, yeah. So what strikes you about this? As a yeah, um, I mean, it's it it moved a lot of people, and I remember even I'm not the type of person. In fact, I'm very cautious. I'm not the type of person that, that like jumps into sensationalism or, you know, because there's some groups and organizations that do try and sensationalize and say, this is the spirit when like, oh, you know, it's always hard, you know, it's always hard, hard exactly to tell, but I'm, I'm one who I'm much more, gosh, I don't like to admit this. Um, I'm more prone to start in a, maybe a healthy skepticism until I kind of get in the weeds of sure. it a bit. And so, um, but I remember just watching like clips of this and I was like really moved and I don't, you know, it doesn't happen often that that happens, but I was just moved by like some of the things that I'd seen. My buddy, I have a buddy that attends a school and he had gone and he described that, you know, it was unlike anything that he's been a part of and he's in ministry. And so, um, and so it was really kind of moving. And then the idea that something can um, really move and compel young people is a really wonderful thing. And you got to pay attention to that because it's hard to move young people and compel young people nowadays um, in, in a world of distractions, in a world of things where there's, you know, they're more busier than ever. And so something that could cause everybody to stop, be still and focus for extended periods of time should catch our attention. So, um Obviously, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, I, it's hard uh, for being all, all the way in PA. We've not really experienced it in the way that our friends in Wilmore have. Um, but it definitely caught my attention as something that, hey, there's something noteworthy about this. Um, it seems like God is doing something pretty cool. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but maybe if I could put my finger on it, I'd be limiting what God could do or, you know, I'd be uh, content putting God in some sort of box. And so um, there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in it, but a hopeful mystery that I think is encouraging. So I think you're right. It'll be telling kind of usually revivals are in some ways marked by um, the, the waves and ripple effect they have uh, in the wake of those things too. Um, so we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eager, I'm hopeful, I'm excited. Um, definitely got my attention. So yeah. Yeah. Some thoughts there. I, I don't know anybody hardly who has not just been encouraged and saying, yeah, well, don't pass me by. Yeah. Like, like, Lord, this is what we, yeah, we've been praying for and we so desperately need it. You yeah, know? absolutely. It's been a hard, it, it's been a hard past several years for yes. the church. That's an understatement. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the past seven years or so for the church have yeah. been really hard. Yeah. And so God is, I see it as God kind of mercifully like just reaching down and saying, yeah. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. So. I've heard it described as a thin place. It's this idea of where, where um, the space between heaven and earth grows thin. Like you kind of encounter God. And so, uh, you know, I'm sure that that was an incredible thin place for thousands of people. And so hopefully um, we can continue to encounter thin places in whatever context we're at. Um, since, you know, people are leaving Wilmore eventually. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see. I'm yeah, excited. Fantastic. Um, um, last portion. You ready to move on to questions? Um, sure. I think we got one big question here, and then we can kind of venture into some others. So I'm going to go ahead and put eight minutes on the clock here. Um, we got one really good question, very honest question. Uh, this is what it says, Bob stated that the Holy Spirit only shows up where he is wanted. And then asked the question, do we want him? And so the question is, how do we go about answering this question? Good yeah, question. a real honest question. So, um, 
that's that does require honesty, which the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he wants truth in the innermost parts, right? So um, do we want him? That I think that's part of the question. And every one of these revivals that I've heard recorded in history has been accompanied by or preceded by earnest prayer yeah. and specific prayer saying, God, we can't figure the way out of yeah. our dullness or our decline. Please come. So prayer is one of the means, mm -hmm. you know, by which we show that we really want him. I mean, you could, I mean, sadly, I mean, I do love Jesus. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> but that question can fluctuate and that calls me back to say, do I want him? And yeah. to realize like to have him is the greatest thing yeah. uh, and to have his fullness is the greatest thing. I love, I actually love driving a car when it has a full tank of gas. I like being full of food. Mm -hmm. I really do. I wow. like eating and me feeling too. full. Yeah. Um, I don't like feeling hungry. Um, but I do think sometimes the reason we don't want the fullness of the Holy Spirit is we're filled up with everything else. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And like you mentioned, the smartphone, like we're just constantly, there's no margin. And those students at Wilmer all of a sudden were like on their faces praying mm -hmm. in that chapel for hours and hours. Yeah. There had to be things just go by the wayside. Yeah. And God just like was so powerful. He he pushed those other things out. So do we do we want him? Um, I think prayer is one of those means where we we can show God we want him just like in the book of Acts. Jesus said, I don't want you to go anywhere until you're clothed with power from yeah. on high. Yeah. And they prayed. Um, so, yeah, great question. How would you answer that? Yeah, I, as I got that in my inbox uh, a couple of days ago, I've given it some, uh, some thought. Um, I can't remember what book I was reading, but um, there's a quote along the lines of, you don't have values, you are your values. And I think our life is a reflection of that which we value most. And so, um, for example, uh, if I really want the gym, then I'll go to the gym. And this is, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but this is kind of how I understood it. If I really want a life of health, um, if I want it enough, then you'd see it reflected in my rhythms. Like I'd be going to the gym, I'd probably be eating healthier, right? Um, but then you could look at my life now and say, this is some of the things that Christian values. Uh, you know, right now I am reading a bit more than I used to. Um, so tangibly I'm doing that. It must mean because I value it, I want it. Or, you know, maybe I play too much video. I'm not playing much video games nowadays with the girls at home. But, you know, ask me in college a couple of years ago, um, like this Christian value video game, well, he's playing a lot. So that must be a value to him. And so it's kind of this concept of like, hey, just let's just take an honest look and in inventory of our lives and how it is that we steward our time. Uh, what are we giving it to? Um, and, and trying to ask the question like, am I actively... Um, pursuing the spirit in prayer in scripture in community in a church context and if you say no to all those things and maybe the honest evaluation is i just don't want the spirit as much as maybe i like to think i would um and so i'm i'm a firm believer that you know we don't have values but we are our values and so just evaluate kind of your own rhythms and practices and be very honest about kind of where they lie and let that kind of answer the question like, hey, do I want the spirit? Because if I did, I'd probably be doing some of these things. But since I don't want, like, since I want all these other things and I'm not pursuing the spirit, then maybe I don't want the spirit as much. So I think we're all, we all have the same 24 hours a day and we all steward that in various ways. And so it's just trying to take inventory of that and figuring out um, what, how do I spend my day and what does that say about what I value most? Uh, and then letting that kind of be the litmus test for, do I want the spirit? Uh, maybe, maybe not. So that's kind of my thoughts yeah. around some of that. And that comes in like 
prayer and scripture reading, like, you know, I think we know, we might, we probably know if we're lying to ourselves about whether we want something or not, or if we're honest with ourselves. Um, you know, we might have that instinctual feeling. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a way that I evaluate what, what are my values in life? What am I uh, stewarding my time with? And that's a reflection ultimately of what I want because I'm making it happen in some ways. I don't know. Any it's thoughts good. on that? Um, you know, and I think those things about preparation and the heart yeah. and all that, it just, it is, it's on that tension though of also making it clear that the Holy Spirit isn't poured out on good people. Yeah. It's not like people who've got their act together or whatever. 100%. It's, yeah. And so it's Jesus, uh, you know, has that parable of the friend at midnight. And yeah. he says that he is heard because of his shameless yeah. uh, need, yeah. really. And he knocks at his neighbor's door. Like how many people... How many of us would knock at a neighbor's door at midnight because we need bread, yeah. right? Then getting them out of bed, all of this, you have to really have that shameless yeah. need. And I think of the paralyzed man who was paralyzed for 38 years mm -hmm. by the pool of Bethsaida. Yeah. And Jesus' question to him was, do you want to get well? But he still needed Jesus to lift him up yeah. and get him there, you yeah. know. And, um, and so it's um, part of that wanting is to say, are we willing to be a place that's hospitable to yeah. the work of the Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. And there are things that will the Holy Spirit will not light upon. Yeah. He won't light upon a, and empower a church that doesn't want to look like him. Yeah. He won't light upon, um, for instance, you know, a narrow judgmental theological agenda. Yeah. He won't light upon, you know, trying to use worldly means of bullying, coercion, or even politics or whatever. Yeah. That's not his methodology. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit has, you know, come down and ministered in different denominations and yeah. cultures that yeah. are centered on Christ. So he seems to show no real preference for Presbyterians or Pentecostals or Baptists or Lutherans. Or There have been revivals related yeah. to all of them. I yeah. mean, in Korea, it was a Holy Spirit movement among Presbyterians, yeah. you know, and in parts of Uganda the and that part of the Eastern Africa, it was the Anglican Church yeah. that the Holy Spirit fell on. So it seems like as long as you're centered on Christ, he's not a doctrinal precisionist. Yeah. And I don't think he's a moral precisionist either, yeah, but I it's think. like he looks on the heart. Yeah. Um, so I think like my mother-in-law, awesome lady, she wanted us to visit her a lot. Yeah. And so she stocked her refrigerator and just paved the way for when we visited her house. She lived in Brooklyn, New York at the time, and we lived in Maryland uh, with everything we loved as well as free babysitting. Um, you know, and so we we went to see her a lot Yeah, because she made her house hospitable. So I just say we want to make um, CLC, not the building, but we want to make CLC as a ministry yeah. um, want what God wants and yeah. hospitable for him to fall. Yeah. And for him to move and for him to fill us. Yeah. We, we need him desperately. Yeah. To be open to the working of the spirit too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, um, yeah, my thought is definitely probably an answer more for um, those who, uh, you know, consider that not to limit the Holy Spirit at all. Right. But to um, for those who are saying, hey, I'm, I'm buying in. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. And so it's more of kind of a discipleship level answer perhaps. But yeah, definitely yeah, want to make sure valid. we're not limiting the spirit because we see the spirit. Um, working in all sorts of unexpected parties in Scripture, uh, and so um, and that's a, that's kind of how the Spirit operates. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, any last words before we close up shop here? Lord, <laughs> do it again. Yeah, you know yeah. we so need it, yeah. and I think worldwide um, the church is in a position to really need. It. I think it is this little 
whatever it is, an awakening, yeah. uh, a thin place where God just made his reality more clear and known, yeah. whatever it is, it's been really encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's reminded us that um, God is capable of doing more in like one day than we could do in years. Yeah. He's capable of doing more in a month than we could do in decades. Yeah. I mean, and it's like that. That is so powerful and such a good reminder to us. Yeah. And if you've not checked that out, I encourage you to look it up. Um, it's, there's some clips in last Sunday's sermon, so you could look that one up as well on the website. Um, but yeah, we'll see what the Spirit's doing in all this. And um, yeah, we can move forward with hope. Yeah. And so next week is the topic of submission. And we're going to look at what that means and everything. So I, um, I'm excited about uh, what I have to convey because I think it's some good news for all of us. So. Yeah, something to look forward to. Join us this Sunday. Two services, 9 o'clock and 1045. Both will be Two. live streamed yes. online as well. So fun stuff. New season for the church. But um, hey, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. See Take you care. next week. Mm-hmm.